1: Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Wine, Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: Oh,
2: Tony, baby. You're a mess. Uh-huh.
0: Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly... I- the trading News Podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. <laughs> extremely online? Extremely clueless? Horny for Bitcoin? Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your hosts, the Irish-American tornado and the real Princess of Wales.
2: We are back.
0: Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Trend Lightly. It's me, Tiffany Scott Maddox, and Daddy's not home this week. Daddy went out to get a pack of cigarettes and didn't come back, (laughs) Daddy being Molly Macalier, but my wonderful husband, Mr. Billy Maddox, did indeed step up, and he's here. Hi.
1: Hi. (laughs) Daddy, I'll be back next week.
3: No, you're not my real dad. (laughs) <laughs> that would be weird. No, Moz is um Moz is moving this week um, and and super bowling. So yeah, it's it's the husband and wife duo that you didn't want, but you're getting anyway <laughs> this week.
1: <laughs> Mommy got remarried. <laughs> Mommy
0: got remarried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I just want to be a father figure to the podcast. I'm not trying to replace
0: <laughs> your
1: dad. <laughs>
3: Yeah, to the listener, not not me personally. You're not trying to replace my dad. Exactly. The listener, yeah, you're the yeah the pod dad. Yeah, pod daddy, <laughs> pod daddy, pod daddy, daddy. Oh, <laughs> also, because because daddy's not around this week, uh that means that we do get to talk about my favorite thing, which is talking about Beyonce, which I'm very excited about. um Not that we don't talk about Beyonce on the pod sometimes, but uh, with with apologies to the Swifties. It is a Beyonce heavy Beyonce heavy show this week. And I'm unapologetic about that. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I get one. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, you know, we've actually had quite a wonderful weekend, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, so good. We had a great Saturday yesterday.
3: Tell the people. But tell I, the people.
1: We <laughs> Well, we woke up late, we slept in, which is always good. And we had made a reservation for brunch at the Ivy. Had delicious food and a lot of drinks. I had a I had a boozy coffee that put me way over the edge Mm -hmm. there. And uh, it was it was wonderful. So then we got back from brunch and had a three hour nap, which is uh, with SVU on the background, which is the best nap to have. I think I always nap the best. With SVU in the background, yeah, and then woke up and clocked in for a shift at Sir, <laughs> watching uh, Vanderpump Rules. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so this is the big news of the week. We decided to watch Vanderpump Rules from the start. I had seen. A, a little bit of a chunk of the f- maybe first and a bit of the second season, you had not made it past the first episode when you tried to watch previously, right? Like you just <laughs> said, it was did. like terrible people. You just couldn't get behind it.
1: I think I got to I got to three quarters of the way of the first episode when they all go out for like I don't know a lunch or something, and I was like, these people are awful, and I don't know that I could watch this, <laughs> <laughs> but we did watch all of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And now with more context and the love that I have for Lisa Vanderpump, like Mm. now I can slot in. Now I, now I get it.
3: Yeah. The context is so interesting because we're looking at stuff that has happened that we've seen one side of on the Housewives and now seeing the mm-hmm. other side of it from the Vanderpump perspective is really interesting. And then we can kind of like mark our way through, I guess, significant moments in Beverly Hills.
1: <laughs> I just I just feel so bad for Lisa for having to come to come to work and deal with a bunch of people that are fighting and then go and hang out with her friends, which are also a bunch of people that are fighting. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're also kind of stuck in the technicalities of it all. So like when there's a a crazy dinner that happens in season two of Vanderpump Rules where there's a big fight that happens at Sur between Brandy Glanville and Joyce and Joyce's husband and Yolanda Foster is there. And we were looking at like, so there's cameras filming Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Are they the same? Guy? Are they different cameras that are filming Vanderpump Rule? Like, yeah. The, the yeah, technology. do they
1: do they economize it and the days that they're shooting at Sir, they just send in one production team to do all coverage? Or is there now like fifteen people in there with cameras? Yeah. Pointing in all different directions. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> it's so fun though like i'm i'm really enjoying it i love when we have i mean the magic of when we first got into beverly hills together i don't think can be recaptured because we were just like obsessed immediately and we were in but the oh joy God, of yeah. having it like having something where we know we've got a lot of something to get through and we can always mm-hmm. just return to it and especially if that thing is really not taxing mentally is, the, is mm-hmm. the dream. It's like when we watched all of Grey's Anatomy or like all of Supernatural, like something like that, where you just mm-hmm. have endless episodes in front of you, but like, it's not something that is in any way, like doesn't require anything of you mentally, is the dream.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
3: Cause you always gotta have one yeah, of those especially- on.
1: Yeah, especially for you know, playing Dreamlight Valley or something, and having that (laughs) on.
3: Yeah, putting it down at
1: the moment where something kicks off.
3: We went to bed. Well, actually, we also watched Gladiator's last night, which has now become the highlight of my entire week.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so
3: good. It's so good.
1: A triumphant return.
3: What a joy. Like, what a delight. The dopamine is unmatched. Like, it's just, I feel like like a baby in, like, one of those, like, mats where they have all the dangly, like, colorful things that make noise in front of them. (laughs) Like, that's how I feel when I watch Gladiators. I'm like, ah, it's just colors and lights (laughs) and bright. Oh, it's so nice. (laughs) Really, like, low stakes as well. Low stakes, high stakes TV, ideal. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and then we and then we 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 clocked back in at Sarah and did a shift, and we ended up watching it till three o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had the late shift. We closed.
3: <laughs> yeah, we closed the bar. <laughs> Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> we like we went to bed. We, I think we got a, a teaser for Stasi slapping Chris. And if you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, these are just words that don't mean anything to you. But uh, we got a teaser at the end of the episode, like coming up on Vanderpump Rules, Stasi slapping Chris af- across the face. So we had to go to bed knowing oh. that that was waiting for us. Mm-hmm. I sprung out of bed this morning, literally <laughs> leapt out of bed. I don't think I've ever got up so quickly in my life. You were afraid at how quickly I got up. I uh,
1: know. Well, last night, also last night, we were like, okay, let's go to sleep now. And Let's wake up really early and then let's watch this episode. <laughs> it's like
3: Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we're like, shh, 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 shh. like, let's go to sleep real fast. <laughs> and then you woke up this morning and you were just like, okay, let's go.
3: <laughs> okay, One let's go. go. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what, What's going on?" You're like, "We gotta fucking let's go.
3: We gotta hustle. We gotta fucking hustle. We have to move.
1: <laughs> we're late for work. <laughs>
3: we're late for work. <laughs> this is my job now. I have three jobs. One of them is the work I get paid for. One of them is Dreamlight Valley at the moment, and the <laughs> other job is <laughs> I'm a busser at Sir." Uh, <laughs> the restaurant sexy unique restaurant sir so yeah I'm having the time of my life yeah it is so fun and you know what I was thinking whenever I watch a show like this where it's obviously everybody already knows like we know what's coming we know of course because of the huge scandal last year and whatever like we know that we're working up to something which is also how I felt when we watched Beverly Hills for the first time because I knew there were moments and like iconic moments that we would. That would be peppered through the journey that we were almost anticipating, mm-hmm. like the iconic Amsterdam fight. H- have a piece of bread and maybe you'll calm down a little. <laughs> oh, don't talk about the husband. We knew the Taylor meme, the, the cat meme. meme. We knew that was the cat coming. Meme. We knew Erica Girardi at some point was going to be embroiled in a legal case, and so like watching. Vanderpump Rules now, seeing Tom and Ariana sort of getting together and knowing what's coming down the pipe is like, I'm vibrating. Every Mm -hmm. cell in my body is vibrating.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely more into it this time now that I've got more context.
3: Yeah, it's good. And I think it'll – I think it might hit different just because we kind of know. Because even though I'd seen clips of Housewives like out of context and I knew it was going to be iconic – it, like it still hit me like a sledgehammer when I was watching it play out on screen you know so I'm hoping the same thing will apply um to VPR but oh it would be nice if there was um if there was a way like a discord maybe for being able to chat about old episodes of reality tv <laughs> that you're on <laughs> without without too many spoilers and you could be like I'm on episode Six of season two. I don't know. Let me know if you want to set up a group chat or a Discord or something, if you're also <laughs> watching it or re-watching it, because I would be so down to discuss. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all like it's such old news. Like, no. <laughs> so
1: yeah, you like, can't go to Reddit for it, because it's so no. old news. So it's got to be a very specific um, group of people that are now watching it or, or re-watching it.
3: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My friend Bryony actually recently watched all of Vanderpump Rules but she like she was just too quick she was just way too quick so I think when she started watching Phil who is a mutual friend aka Amazing Phil on YouTube I was messaging him and I was like oh did you see that Bryony's watching Vanderpump Rules because he wanted to know where I was with Real Housewives and I was like oh we should get on a group chat and he was like no she's too quick like there's no point like by the time we set the chat up she will have like burned through a season so I don't, I don't know how she managed to do anything else because she just started double working it and then she was done. Double shifts. She's working a double. <laughs>
1: She's S- working doubles.
3: Single mom who works two jobs, and loves <laughs> the kids and never stops. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> was there anything else you wanted to express about this week?
1: Um. Uh, p- um, no, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of been, that's sort of been our life and, um, not in a, not in a bad way. I think no. we're living our best lives. <laughs> I know.
3: I was so happy yesterday. It was like the best Saturday in forever. I had eggs Royale, I had a cocktail, a delicious sort of like peach tea, gin cocktail. Oh. So good. We had a burrata and, and an entire, like a bowl of sourdough. hmm And then I had
1: those waffles, yeah. You had the waffles, sweet and savory waffles. We
3: had a really nice rosé from Provence. Uh, I had a little um, little port to finish the meal, and it was Mm -hmm. just—it was such a delight. There's nothing like having a boozy Saturday lunch and then coming home for a sleep. Like it is just so. Oh yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It's the dream. Yeah. It was a cherry on the top of what had otherwise been, like you know, not an ideal week. Oh, I tell you what, I will mention before we talk about the news, my bloody facial.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: I had a facial, and it was uh, it was great. I had a, a sk- I had a peel, thirty five percent, so not too bad. A thirty five percent, I think it was a lactic peel, and I had some IPL, which was bearable, but not the nicest thing I've ever done to myself. And then I had some <laughs> facial electrocution, I guess, some like microcurrents and it was so good. But I'm in that phase, I'm in that kind of healing phase at the moment where my skin feels dry and tight and sore and red and it's all blotchy because all the pigmentation has been brought to the surface, but I have been taking pics. Um, so I will, maybe in a week's time when everything is all healed up, I'll take a final pic and then I'll send them to Moll's and she can post them on the IG along with my Skincare routine, uh, which I've been promising for a while, but oh, I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I do feel d- disgusting at the moment, though. Like, I feel horrific. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my skin's just like dry and flaky and sore and tight, and I have to keep misting it to give it some hydration back, but it'll all be worth it, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the big news. And now we have to talk about the other news, but that's fine. We can do that. That's what the podcast yeah. is for. That's what we're here
1: for. Exactly.
3: So can we talk about Beyonce?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Let's I do feel it.
3: like it's been a full week since the Grammys. So I mean, I don't know if this is new news, but <laughs> Beyonce Grammys, Jay-Z thoughts. Oh,
1: oh my boy, El Jefe. <laughs> well, in this household, I'm, you know, I'm a huge Beyonce fan, but I think it, I think it's kind of um uh, it's kind of cute that like I sort of came into Beyonce through Jay Z. I've been a you know a Jay Z fan since the 90s when he first came out, and like a big fan. Like he's you know I always tell people like I don't listen to hip hop. I only listen to Jay, right? <laughs> and, which is not true, but you not know, not true. But
3: yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> but that's as big as a fan as I am. And you know, he's had his troubled times, but I think he's now at a stage of his life because he's older and everything, and you know, he took the the battering of uh, of lemonade, rightfully so. I think he's really now, you know, become a good a good dad, good husband, and he really went to bat for Beyonce. He like said the thing out loud without really saying it, which I thought was kind of wonderful, and really really held the Grammys, uh, you know, really held their their feet to the fire mm-hmm. <laughs> in his speech.
3: It was great. He he definitely has the air uh, of the of a confident older gentleman mm-hmm. who doesn't give a fuck. Like I mean, not that Jay's has ever really given fucks, but he has a sort of like this ease and maturity to him, which is actually really delightful. Um, mm-hmm. And when he received his award. Uh, and poor Blue Ivy was brought up and she looked so uncomfortable because it's like the last thing you want is to be on stage with your dad when your dad's like saying some shit. Like, There's a point where he sort of was just like, I don't want to embarrass her, but Blue's got her own Grammys and kind of like grabs her hand. It's all very sweet. And she's like, -uh." you know, I can see in her (laughs) eyes. she's like, oh God, oh God. (laughs) But Jay said, I mean, he said many things that we know to be – known about i guess beyonce and jay-z's relationship with the grammys i think like the maybe an ape shit uh mm-hmm. jay makes a reference to like you know fuck the grammys uh.
1: <laughs> yeah and also the super bowl as well like they really went in on ape shit. Yes. Because, like you know yeah
3: he's like fuck the super they bowl fill we stadium stadiums too we yeah yeah but i think very correctly i am one of the one, one of the tribe of people who believe that it is a great travesty that Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles Carter has never won Album of the Year, Uh despite being the most awarded artist in Grammys history. And I know it's like boo-hoo, you know, she's won many Grammys and she's never won Album of the Year, like who cares? But I think (sighs) I do find it a little annoying and upsetting that an artist of her caliber isn't recognized in like the more mainstream recognizable awards that they give her sometimes i would say consolation prizes that Mm -hmm. are loaded with subtext about her race so it'll be like best urban contemporary and it's like okay thanks Mm -hmm. but like we have to recognize beyonce as a, a global superstar artist and her impact is such that she deserves album of the year. You know, it's like it's like giving an Oscar for the best African American piece of cinema. It's like, well, why not cinema? Yeah. You know, like recognize yeah. her on her merit and her talent. So, I think I think he was absolutely right to call it out. She looked deeply uncomfortable because it's not something that she <laughs> particularly enjoys. Yeah,
1: I don't think she likes that kind of spotlight. You know, no,
3: <laughs> no she doesn't want that. She like it's not that she doesn't want the smoke, but like I think she just would rather slay in her lane and just like mind her business and she says drinking my water minding my biz. one day i'm overrated tuesday on my dick flip flop flippy flop flip floppy ass bitch <laughs> <laughs> so i think she just would rather be like you know show up gracefully grace them with her presence you know and and just fucking get on with it and just continue making art that resonates but if we look at the the three main snubs for album of the year and who they went to, like year one for self-titled was Beck, year two for Lemonade was Adele, and year three for Renaissance was uh, Harry Styles, Harry's house. Harry Styles. I don't think these are, I don't know if these are albums that are necessarily resonant and like moving the culture that are like doing anything particularly like, I don't think they're legacy work. And I think that's what upsets me a little bit is that Lemonade was like a real cultural reset, had such a huge impact. And Renaissance being a slower burner, but like is an incredible feat and incredible work. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see if we remember Harry's house in 10 years time. Uh, (laughs) You know, we'll see. Yeah. But this is interesting. So Beyonce showed up to the Grammys in a cowboy hat and I was like, oh, it's just so nice to see her because you know, she likes to keep the children undernourished, such as myself. She doesn't like <laughs> to give us anything. No. I was like, wow, she's there. That's so great to see her.
1: <laughs> the then, bare minimum.
3: Honestly, crumbs. We're getting She crumbs. didn't even nod <laughs>
1: <She's> standing still. <laughs> yeah. like, it could have just been a photograph of her that they threw to. It
3: could have been a cardboard cutout and I would have been happy, <laughs> as long as it was on roller skates, so she was like moving around. It would have been fine. <laughs> I just love seeing that bitch in motion, and I think because like I haven't... <laughs> because we haven't had any visuals for such a long time. And then Mm. I saw the film and I was like, oh my God, it's Beyonce in motion. And now she's gone back to being um, (laughs) static once more. (laughs) It's, It's really not ideal. But this does feel a bit weird talking about this now, knowing that this episode comes out on Tuesday or Monday if you subscribe to the Patreon. So something will have happened. So this is pure speculation, but... A pop bitch item, news item from my favorite newsletter, pop bitch came out this week that said, quote, Beyonce filmed a Verizon mobile phone ad for the Super Bowl last week. She worked an 18 hour day and turned up to the shoot with a team of 30 security guys, all decked out in matching black business suits. The ads shoot budget, excluding B was $1 million, but ended up costing twice that. The 45 second ad slot is costing somewhere in the region of 7 million. And on top of that, Beyoncé is rumored to have received 30 million dollars for it too. So if Verizon customers are wondering why their fees are so high, dot dot dot. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. I was like, "Oh, Beyoncé's doing a Verizon ad." I mean, that seems interesting. I don't know if I would I wasn't really expecting that, but okay, fine. But this bitch is very calculated and I know that she knows the PR value of stuff like this and so I'm um, when I posted this to Reddit, immediately a bunch of people in the comments were saying, listen, this isn't just about Verizon. Some of the top comment says, the IG teaser from Verizon seemed to confirm that there's a commercial. That part ain't important. I need to know what she's up to. Knowing her, uh-huh. it's not as simple as a phone ad. Something is coming and I am pressed. Uh-huh. So that's quite interesting. And the teaser has got our friend Gary from Veep. Gary, and. Lucille Bluth's son yeah, <laughs> in it, which is just such a weird little iconic combo. I hadn't predicted that. So yes, we shall see. It looks like it might be something, an announcement of something maybe bigger as opposed to Beyonce announcing a phone pat- like plan.
1: Because mm-hmm.
3: why would she take 30 million for a phone plan ad?
1: Right.
3: So then Verizon tweets uh, today, you don't even know what's coming. Oh. Interesting.
1: Does Verizon, I'm wondering if, because Verizon's a huge company, I'm wondering if, do they own any streaming platform? Yes
3: and yes. Yes and yes. Okay. So, Beyonce's in Las Vegas at the moment for the Super Bowl, wearing a cowboy hat. Mm -hmm. There was a faux moir, faux moir? No, that's the subreddit. There was a, yeah, faux moir post, with a submission to Dumois, uh, a blind item that says, "Subject: Queen. Message: The Queen is coming to dominate the Super Bowl with a forty-three million dollar advertisement for her Vegas residency, which is being paid entirely by Verizon." I'm like, what? "Residency?" But the Sphere is in Vegas, and I think the Sphere is the Sphere linked to Verizon. It might the be Sphere. Yeah, have you seen the sphere? It's like this big, oh, it's this huge sphere-shaped immersive concert venue that you two did a show in, and it has like screens all the way around it. So it's like you can basically create like this fully immersive, like three hundred and sixty experience. Yeah, it looks actually kind of sick, but I don't know. I think Verizon has this like it's called like V, Vizu, VV, something like that. But they have something else. So the question is, are Verizon paying for Beyonce to do a little run of shows at the Sphere? Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Then we have another Dumois blind item (laughs) that says something entirely different that says, Beyonce's new album. Beyonce will drop an album during the Super Bowl called Americana, country vibe, hence the Grammys fit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it says, Beyoncé's doing a Dolly Parton cover on her next surprise album. Listen, I don't like country, but I do like Beyoncé and Daddy Lessons is a bop. And if anyone oh, could make me like so country, good. it would be B. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I share this, the exact same sentiment.
3: What do we think? Do we think we're just a Lulu at this point? It's just going to be a phone ad and everyone's going to be like, "Huh, oh, this oh. bitch.
1: Oh, oh so... So the family plan is 19.99 for an extra line. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Oof! I, I don't know. I don't know. I, did you did you say you had any info? on um, like streaming? No.
3: Well,
1: they don't I have th- anything to do with streaming so
3: I think they do. I think they do. I just I'm trying to find the name of it, but um, because I was just reading about this. It's
0: cold. Uh,
1: I don't know. Well, we've so- always... We've-
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I've always thought that, like, maybe at some point she would do a country album.
3: Yes, very true.
1: Yeah. Because of daddy lessons and because of, like, the, the um, you know, that song did great in the country sphere, right?
3: Yeah. Isn't and there then, that,
1: that big performance with the chicks.
3: Yeah. I think as well, she's always been very Texas. And mm-hmm. I think with the yeah, with the history of country music and you know, Beyonce is a, an interesting kind of historical <laughs> storyteller now, especially with if you look at Lemonade and then like Renaissance. Like, she's a big fan of, like, nostalgia and, like, I don't know, taking big concepts, big ideas and kind of, like, like reclaiming them or reclaiming, like, the blackness within them. And so it would mm-hmm. make sense to me that country, she would just do a country album and, like, make it so fucking sick.
1: And do you think, you you know, because you know way more about this, but, like, you know, everything that's come out from Renaissance has been labeled Act One. Do you think this could be... And act two?
3: Yeah, I think and
1: so. then, like, is it is it then, like, its own thing? So it's like, Renaissance isn't going to be act one, two, and three. Act one is Renaissance. Act two is, you know, say, for instance, Americana or something.
3: Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah, I think so. I think the acts will have very distinct, like, ch- like chapter points at either end of them, like mm-hmm. bookends. Like, I think... There will be part of a body of work, but they will each feel quite distinct, different visual language and, and different sound. Yeah, because uh, some people were speculating that when she was like act one, act two, act, t- act three, it would be like act one is the album, act two is the visuals, act three is, you know, a film or whatever. Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Like the mm-hmm. the film is not, the film is kind of sat under the umbrella of act one. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. Whatever she's up to, she makes me sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever she's up to, something's up.
3: Something's and, up. You know, I'm, if Verizon
1: yeah. is overhyping this, which is like you don't even know what's what's mm-hmm. you know what's coming, and like family pa- plans are now eight ninety nine instead of nine ninety nine, I'm gonna be real pissed off.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean she loves to she loves to upset and disappoint in some ways and then she loves to over deliver in others so like you can ne- you can never predict how you're going to feel I'm you know mm-hmm. this is me in the past now as you're listening to this, just like putting out all my delusion who knows on Tuesday how I'll be feeling <laughs> I, might mm-hmm. be, I might be devastated or I might be beyond happy and excited and vibrating with joy so who right. knows it's who hard knows what she's going to do. I'm scared to predict anything. What I will tell you is she needs to put that fucking film on streaming very quickly because I need to watch it Mm -hmm. again for the third time. She needs to release the live album immediately. Like I know you have it. So just put it, just press publish. Like we just need it now. Mm -hmm. And she needs to feed the children something new. That's all I'm asking for. Not a lot.
1: The visuals.
3: Just give me some. Just I want to see that bitch in motion. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see her moving around. Okay, so speaking of albums, Kanye did release his album, uh, Vultures, this week, which I don't want to talk about because I'm sick of him, but I thought this was very, very interesting. So there was a little bit of controversy a while back when he had an album listening party and he was playing that, unfortunately, good bop, everybody, with the Backstreet Boys sample in it. He has also used another sample, which has not been cleared, which is a sample from Iron Man. And Ozzy Osbourne is furious about it. Mm -hmm. Very, 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 very sick of it. So he put out a post on X, all caps, that says... At Kanye West, asked permission to sample a section of a 1983 live performance of Warpig from the US Festival without vocals and was refused permission because he is an anti-Semite and he has caused untold heartache to many. He went ahead Mm -hmm. and used the sample anyway at his album listing party last night. I want no association with this man. Mm -hmm. Say it louder for the people in the back.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
3: What a, pro- I mean, I mean, what a problematic little situation for Kanye. It seems like. He's... Well, he
1: didn't clear the the Backstreet Boy sample no. either, right? Well, he's he's basically so,
3: toxic at this point. I don't think anybody wants any
1: association with him. Yeah, and that's gonna. I mean, that's the kind of thing. Like, that's the nail in the coffin for an artist is not clearing samples because you get sued to to an inch of your life. Right. And I know he hasn't like released this album right like it's not like for sale anywhere right
3: well he's been or is uh, it i i don't know he's been kind of teasing it for a long time oh so it's like it is up on spotify
1: Mm, so yeah he's already i'm sure there's legions of of teams already you know Mm -hmm. shuffling papers around
3: Oh, the album cover is him and Bianca. He's fully covered. I mean, literally head to toe in black, in a giant overcoat and a hood. And Bianca is uh, essentially nude, aside from some socks and what looks like maybe oh. a little thong. Oh, well, it's it, it's it's quite a, it's quite an interesting image, I have to say. Like it's you know artistically fine. I just I really can't look at any images of her in various states of Mm -hmm. undressed while he's fully clothed without feeling deeply uncomfortable about what he's doing Mm -hmm. or what's going on in Mm -hmm. that relationship, like it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. There was a picture of them actually, another PAP picture where she, he was once again, you know, like fully, fully clothed, head covered, you know, full hood, everything. And she was wearing a, only wearing a clear plastic raincoat. Oh. Yeah. And she was basically holding her hands in front of her bits so as not to expose her bit like it show her bits. Yeah, it's just it oh it just makes me sick and sad. I don't want to take away any of her agency, but like I don't know, man. It's it's not good. It really is not good. Yeah. I would love to hear a conversation between her and Julia Fox when all is said and done. I don't think this is gonna be a, a lifelong relationship, hopefully not. Because I think yeah. there's some tea to be spilled, but yeah, man. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. But good for Ozzy. I think is Sharon. Mm-hmm. I think Sharon might be Jewish. Oh. I've got a funny feeling she is. So I think like, aside from it just being morally uh fucked, like his anti-Semitism just being absolutely on the wrong side of history, I think the fact that Ozzy's wife is of Jewish mm-hmm. descent is not it, it is just going to strike such a fucking nerve with him.
1: Yeah. And also like, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like he's fallen off because, you know, everyone kind of went crazy over that, that, you know, the everybody sample, but is it, is it Kanye's production or are we just remembering the bop that is? Yes. everybody? Yeah. I mean, you know everybody I mean? is like... a bop.
3: If it was, you know, <laughs> I, I, I won't deny that, that the like, boop, little bits you know in it did make it sort of yeah, elevate it and right. modernize it but uh you know the sample was there the material was there
1: mm-hmm.
3: everybody is a bob oh yeah. Sh- let me see i've just googled sharon osborne and it says sharon osborne <laughs> says kanye quote fucked with the wrong jew over ozzy osborne sample
2: <laughs> i oh, like shit.
3: oh shit i don't i would not fuck with sharon osborne she's no. she's a real one like, she is, she's going to come for him, and rightly so. Maybe Sharon will be the one to finally stop him. But I did have a look at the comments under that post uh, from Ozzy, and there were just a bunch of unhinged Kanye fans in the in the comments going, like, who are you? It's like, who's Ozzy? Who's, who's, who's Ozzy Osbourne?
0: Okay. Are you,
3: are you joking me?
1: Yeah. Just um, playing dumb, because, I mean, come on. Who's Ozzy Osborne? Come on.
3: How dare you say that in a Greta Thunberg voice. Okay, I want to talk about one of your one of the people you have invisible beef with. What oh, did I have invisible beef with? <laughs> yeah, name some people you have oh. invisible beef with that you just take an instant dislike to. Uh,
1: well definitely not Ethan Hawke. Not anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> we
3: solved that.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> who do I have invisible beef with? Oh, I feel like you. I feel like we went over the doc, and I completely forgot. Who are you talking about?
3: I'll give you a clue. It's somebody whose uh, whose who's first name and last name start with the same letter. Oh, someone who might be a nerd. Oh my, <laughs> Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, baby.
1: Why do I hate Will Wheaton?
3: <laughs> I don't know
1: i don't know either i I don't he hasn't done anything to me personally and i don't think he's done anything upsetting in any way i just what a fucking nerd
3: will wheaton i would say i think the trifecta was like will wheaton ethan hawke and um, mike shinoda would be people you had invisible beef with (laughs) mike shinoda from lincoln park
1: That's that's probably right. Yeah, except me and Ethan Hawke worked it out.
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah, basically. And we
1: worked it out at a pretend party where we were both angry with um <laughs> w- what's his face?
3: John Mayer. John
1: Mayer. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I was I was trying to find where the line was essentially with Ethan Hawke. So I was like, oh, why Ethan Hawke, man? He's okay. Immersion
1: therapy. So I'm
3: like, okay, what is the scenario that I think could flip you? And I think like I'm I'm available to do this with any people that you dislike, and it's like causing an, like it's impeding your life in some way, and you need to get past it. So just like reach out <laughs> if you want me to do this for you. But so I I developed really a works. scenario. It really works.
1: It um, really works.
3: <laughs> And in this scenario, I was like, okay, so imagine we're at a party, we're having a nice time. It's a celebrity party, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we're just having our little canopies and our drinks. And John Mayer is there and he gets out a guitar and starts strumming this acoustic guitar. Uh-oh. And he starts performing. And you look across and I the have, room. I have, at
1: this point, I have beef with Ethan Hawke. Yes. Yeah. But I see him from across the room roll his eyes. <laughs> and I'm like immediately I'm like okay. So he he gets it because he's also annoyed with John Mayer who's just <laughs> pulled out a guitar that he brought from home.
3: Yeah, he went home to get
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> he went home to <laughs> <laughs> and that was the scenario. And then f- I finally like cuddled up next to Ethan Hawke, and we like clinking glasses. I'm like, this fucking, this, this fucking dude.
3: guy. <laughs> <laughs> but we've not done that immersion therapy for Will Wheaton. I think, because he registers so low on the radar that um, we don't we don't have to do it. But Will Wheaton yeah. came out uh, was very angry about Larry David assaulting Elmo, which we talked about on last week's pod. And the post is very, very long, but I'm just going to read a little oh. bit of it. Okay. This is, somebody tweeted this and said, uh, Will Wheaton posting an entire essay on his Facebook fan page about Larry David attacking Elmo is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Do people still comment under anything that he does with, shut up, Wesley? Like, Probably.
3: Yeah, I would <laughs> imagine so. Okay. <clears throat> so. I heard about Larry David assaulting Elmo on live television, but I didn't watch it until now because I knew it would upset me. Holy (laughs) shit, it's even worse than I thought. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Elmo is like the best friend to multiple generations of children. In the Sesame Street universe, Elmo is a child who is currently putting mental health and caring for others in the spotlight. And Larry fucking David did that and thought it was going to be funny? What? What an asshole! What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole! And Whoa. then, oh, and then Will Wheaton does disclose that when he was a child, his dad would, you know, would abuse him, would assault him, which is oh, very no. sad and and not funny at all. So well,
1: I don't wish that on him.
3: Yeah. No, not yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a it's a strange parallel to draw though, because he talks about how his dad would kind of grab his grab him by the face and, and shake him and scream at him and so he said that this is probably this was quite triggering for him
1: mm.
3: which is uh, i don't know if that is necessarily understandable because elmo's a puppet but i see suppose...
1: yeah does he know elmo's not well
2: the thing is him?
3: the post really is assuming that uh, elmo is sentient which i do struggle with a little bit he says Larry David was there to promote the final, thank God, maybe he'll go away now, series of a television series. Like, curb your enthusiasm, just like one of the greatest shows ever made. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Like, read the room, dickhead. It isn't always about you being the center of attention and understand that what's happening in the moment, fucko. Understand that there are larger things in the world than you and your garbage ego. He was there to promote his television show. So it Mm kind of was about him. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know who's watching the Today Show with their parents? Kids who also watch Sesame Street. Elmo is an avatar for children all over the world. I think this is getting into very dangerous territory.
1: Um.
3: I think this is very dangerous territory. Larry David strikes me as a person who mocks and belittles people who are vulnerable and sensitive and enjoys being cruel because he feels untouchable. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I see whenever I can't find the remote and he's on. That's such like a, a weird, broad, sweeping generalization. Yeah. Shame on you, Larry David. It goes on. I mean, it's really, really long. Uh I think quite disproportionate as a reaction, but I'm I just, think yeah.
1: I think very disproportionate. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah. It was a. Uh, uh it was in jest. I think like we need to recognize that. Elmo is, is made of fabric and mm-hmm. bits of plastic and is much beloved. I love me some Elmo, but like, yeah, I, 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 f- I find that as a way to just make like weird generalizations and assumptions about uh, an actual human being's character, like Larry David saying that he strikes me as a sort of, I mean, you could say that about anything, you could say, oh, well, he strikes me as a sort of person who fucks kids. Like, okay, yeah. well, it doesn't mean that it's true, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have any credence, but
1: yeah, there's nowhere, there's nowhere in there where it's like, oh, maybe he thought it, you know, maybe he thought it would be funny to, you know, attack a puppet, like mm. that it, yeah, you know, <laughs> that it's not an actual person, mm-hmm. despite, you know, what he thinks it represents. And I think that's kind of, uh, yeah, it's a bit a bit disproportionate
3: it's a bit of a stretch i I, the thing is like i can underneath this sort of like the name calling calling someone fucko and a more like an idiot and all the rest of this kind of stuff uh which i would say is quite harmful and making harmful assumptions about someone's character that you don't know uh i i can kind of see like a weird thread of logic where it's like oh i get that you think that like elmo is symbolic of all children and therefore it, it is a bit I can see why you might be upset if you think that when you see uh, a grown man put laying his hands on Elmo. <laughs> but like just because I can understand that you might have that perspective I don't necessarily think that it's fact based in reality in fact it's yeah. uh, it's entirely about what you are bringing and projecting onto a puppet as a character and I mm-hmm. think like to assume that everybody else will follow that logic is is a little bit I don't know. It's just a little bit out there to me.
1: Yeah, the dots aren't fully connected. They're
3: like, not fully connected. It might connected. be for him, but like,
1: yeah. Also, in no way, you know, I don't, I mean, <laughs> in no way do I think he would do that to a child. No. <laughs> Even as a joke, but yeah. to a puppet that he knows, like, cannot be harmed, like.
3: Yeah. Wasn't the wasn't the puppeteer behind Elmo a child molester?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
3: I thought one of one of it, the Elmo what's people. What doing
1: behind Elmo?
3: Yeah, wasn't there a documentary about it?
1: Oh, oh, I don't know.
3: Yeah, which was the thing that I would be more mad about to be honest. Yeah. Like to to assume that like it's oh, oh he was cleared of sex abuse charges. Okay, never mind. But he was oh, okay. he was accused of being a, a predator. In that case I, I'll suck that back into. Allegedly. Mouth. Allegedly. Okay, I'm going to palette cleanse us from this uh, and mm-hmm. move us swiftly along to some good news. Fi- finally some fucking good news. The good news is Taco Bell had a <laughs> Apple-style event where they launched some new menu items. I'm just going to play the audio for us. It's great. It is set up entirely like a, an Apple launch event, so there's a big screen, there's a little was a black jacket and the, the launches are being teased as if they're like, I don't know, like it's like a NASA space station or something. It's kind of phenomenal.
2: <laughs> we just put
1: a little twist on something that you guys love. Chicken and steak enchilada grilled cheese dipping taco. Yeah. What about dulce de leche Cinnabon delights? Yeah. Our brand new Taco Bell hot sauce package. mild, hot, fire, Diablo. And there's a newcomer to the bunch. Yeah. We have a birthday in the house. Oh, I love the air horns. Can we play one more time, please? Thank you. Baja Blast turns 20 years old this year. 20 years old. Behold the crunch wrap. When you look inside, that is a cheese it inside. The Cheesy Chicken. Crispinata, a cheesy street chalupa, Taco Bell chicken nuggets, yes way, whoever said no way, yes way, girl. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect. That clip is perfect because that's like, I know there isn't really drive-throughs here, but if there was, I would just play that audio so that they could place my order. (laughs) i, I, want, it I all. want everything yeah <laughs> i because i want to try everything and i think it was a, a, appropriately announced i, I agree. Don't think it was
3: uh... <laughs> that's the level of fanfare i want <laughs> that, like oh I, yeah i'm so excited you know that we're not gonna get any of this shit in this country <laughs> like, I you know, know. that know
1: <laughs> i know my first stop when I go visit my mom, I'm going I'm going <laughs> I'm going to knock on the door with Taco Bell in hand. <laughs> do, do you
3: I was going to say, do they have Taco Bell in Mexico? They do. Of course they do.
1: Oh, they do. oh, yes.
3: Do you think it we'll would be fucked find up? One. Do you think it would be fucked up to go to Taco Bell in Mexico?
1: <laughs>
3: nah. <laughs> Just so I can get a Cheez-It Crunch wrap. Nah. For contacts, you know, obviously you can't see the video, but we'll put it there's a link to it in the um in the description. But the Cheez It is a like crunch wrap-sized giant Cheez-it inside a Crunch wrap.
1: Well, well, I think it's I think it's an uncut. It's like a sheet of blotter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a bunch of different a bunch of different stamps that have not been cut. So it's it's, you know, a sheet of Cheez-Its uncut.
3: Uncut Cheez-Its.
1: Oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Just, <laughs> I love Cheez-Its.
3: Me too. When you go when you go back to America for a bit, can you bring me back those Buffalo Cheez-Its? I I will die for them. They're so good. I will. They might have them in Mexico. We'll, I don't know. We'll go. I'm so excited we'll
1: about with. Mexico. Oh They've God. got really good snacks in Mexico.
3: Oh, do. They do. Remember when we found the 3D Doritos in Mexico and oh. that was that was like our whole day. <laughs> it,
1: is, it is 2002 in Mexico still like they got oh. the 3D Doritos.
3: What a time to be alive! Well, um, what are you most looking forward to from that Taco Bell menu announcement?
1: I am looking forward to that empanada, the cheese anada, whatever. Yeah. The chicken cheese anada. Hell yeah! Or whatever they called it. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, oddly enough, not so looking forward to the chicken nuggets, but no. we'll see.
3: They have like little chicken tendery things here, though. Like you've had them. We have them in the little chicken wrap that we like.
1: And the wraps, which are good, but, like, you know, eh, you know. Um, The green sauce is not new. Salsa Verde existed, and I'm pretty sure it's the same one. (gasps) (laughs) But it's, it's like, it was introduced, and then for a limited time, and then taken away, and then it came back, and then it was taken away, and maybe now it's become a, now it'll be a permanent feature, but Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that's the only one where it's, like, Oh, so you're adding a fourth camera to the back of the phone, so like. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. I didn't really yeah. I was like, we've seen that. God, I fucking love Taco Bell. I do too. I really it's do. It's so good. Unapologetically. Unapologetic. Unapologetic. I mean, I it's Bell. so
3: fun. It's just fun food for your mouth to have. That's what it is. <laughs> we will we will of course have real tacos in Mexico. Like I, I, I do like, you know, food that is known like I don't know perfectly shaped, but I think it would hit different yeah. to have a Taco Bell in Mexico.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I think it would be fun. We'll see. Yeah. we we'll see. Great. I'm excited about that. Okay.
1: Exciting times.
3: Okay. So this is interesting. Moll's actually sent me this. Actually, Moll sent me the Taco Bell thing as well. She knew how much I would love it and the Elmo thing. So this, is, this <laughs> whole episode is dedicated to Molly McAleer who I hope is
1: having a wonderful
3: time. We love you, Molls. We miss you. This was a post that was on Am I the Arsehole, but with an H. I don't know what that means. Am I the Arsehole 2? I don't know. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling that. Am I the Arsehole, except unlike that subreddit where you can, here you can post interpersonal conflicts, anything that's Am I the Arsehole, but is not allowed there, even posting about Scar from the Lion King and trying to convince Redditors Redditors that he was not the arsehole rules. Don't berate others and no pornography. Okay. So it's like a more like loosey goosey, am I the arsehole? So this one says, am I the arsehole for screaming at my wife that I didn't make our four-year-old sociopath? I, 34 male, came from a family with a history of mental illness and unethical behavior patterns on both sides. My wife, 39 female, is obsessing over the fact that because our four-year-old is showing extreme antisocial behaviors. She didn't know much about my family until two weeks ago. She also didn't know about my previous criminal charges. I shared it all with her now in the hopes of brainstorming a solution to help our son. Our kid was kicked out of kindergarten for biting other kids. Strangely enough, he plays well with the neighbor's children and his company is sought after. At preschool, he does not want to share. He can hold a grudge and sulk for three days straight with no break. Incidents as small as running out of his favorite ice cream flavor can set that off. He likes kicking anthills and crushing insects. I can best describe it as a strange and intentional fascination with putting others in discomfort or disturbing the balance of things." My wife has sobbed... This is very, we need to talk about Kevin immediately.
1: Yeah, this is this is scary.
3: My wife has sobbed multiple times for hours in my arms about this situation. We don't know why he's doing any of this. We're trying to teach him in warm conversations, but he's playing his own game where we are fools. We were talking in bed one evening when our childhood behaviors came up. We wanted to know if we could ask our parents how they dealt with us. Up to that point, she thought that we were both extremely well adjusted, so that worked. so what worked for us must be good. I decided to tell her about my past. The reason I hadn't done so earlier was because I was putting it all behind me, but I'm also very concerned for our son and the filter came off without me realizing. As a child and up to my 20s, I also exhibited <laughs> sociopathic traits. I remember oh. searching other kids' backpacks when I was st- and stealing money when I was nine. I'm not sure where I got the idea. At 25, my employer wanted to press charges against me for fraud. I lied about going to an Ivy League level university when I didn't attend any, then proceeded to mismanage major projects while admittedly creating toxicity. There are many other incidents in between. For a few years, I lived under a completely assumed identity and a false backstory for a reason I can't quite say except the thrill of it. Lying has always come naturally to me as an amoral tool for navigating situations. My wife made a good point that my surroundings could have caused that behaviour, but our son has had a very sheltered life. My uncle Jeff is a sociopath. He's never treated people with respect and was jailed for fraud. My aunt Kate is a sociopath whose two oldest children no longer speak to her. They reported horrific abuse while growing up. My mother has APD. She has an extreme lack of empathy and a tendency to cause conflict. She would often talk behind her friends' backs to me when I was growing up. She always seeks control and lacks self-awareness. My mother has not sought a diagnosis because she is religious and does not believe in mental illness. My dad seems rather normal. (laughs) So this back to the wife, it says she turned serious all of a sudden and said that this is a serious issue and it's like she doesn't know who I am. She started saying our son is in serious trouble and needs help and if she'd known she could have sought help for him when he was extremely young. I lost my temper and screamed that she must not be smart to have married a sociopath and not realised all this while. Clearly I've changed, and the whole thing seemed worth a look in the meaning in the beginning, but now it's like, seems like voodoo thinking to me. She hasn't spoken to me for hours. When I approach her, she faces another direction. Am I the asshole here? <sighs>
1: mm. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: actually quite terrifying there's something yeah. that chills me to the core and it is like it's the idea of a child i mean because children are essentially little sociopaths anyway because they they have to learn sort of morality Mm-hmm. and absorb that and they have to understand like cause and effect they have to understand you have to learn how your actions ha- cause a reaction and an impact and it's really funny watching kids do that in real time I was actually with a friend of mine and we were playing on Friday and I was sat on the floor with him and we were playing with a like a kind of car and a little race track. And I put a dinosaur on the racetrack because I wanted to like disrupt the flow of the car. And I wanted to show him what would happen. And the dinosaur got knocked over and kind of dragged through this track. And he thought it was really funny. (laughs) And then he kept saying, again, again, again. And I was like, oh my God. Oh no. (laughs) He just kind of wanted to experiment (laughs) with it. So like, you know, I, I think there's a great This American Life episode about this that's entirely about sort of like the sociopathy of children which is well worth a listen but is also really terrifying because at some point the majority of them like grow and learn and they get past it and they, they kind of learn mm-hmm. morality but for some kids i guess they they never do or they they can't so it does it chills me it chills me it's like are we are yeah. we reading this and is this is going to be a future serial killer who knows they might be fine mm-hmm. they might just grow out of it and um keep him away from uncle jeff is what i would say
1: yeah. Definitely keep yeah. <laughs> no, that that's yeah, that that's true. I mean, I think you know, kids are curious and kids, you know, don't really know. So, you know, they can find things that are funny or even do things that are sort of out of the the adult norm, but they Learn and grow out of it. But Mm. I think if there was a pattern and a history of this, that's something that they should have talked about a long time ago.
3: Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't come up. I'm surprised you could be married to someone and have a child with them and not know that their family upbringing was potentially quite fraught (laughs) with Mm -hmm. very toxic behavior. I'm just, I'm genuinely surprised it never came up. Yeah. And on that note, probably have some things I need to tell you when we stop recording. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Well, we're not not having it.
3: No. Well, you know. (laughs) And I'm a delight, aren't I? You are. Aren't I? (laughs) Oh,
1: you are. You are.
3: (laughs) No, but I am.
1: No, you are. Of course you are.
3: (laughs) Great. Well. I think that might be it for this week. Short and sweet. Okay. That's how we do it in this household. Daddy's back next week. We're very excited. Uh, We miss you, Dad. I hope you're having a wonderful week, Moles. And I hope all of you are having a wonderful week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's set it off right. And um, we can talk next week about how deluded I am about Beyonce. I'm happy to do that. But hopefully, (laughs) by the time we check in, something marvelous would have happened. And this would have not all been for
1: nothing. Yeah. Yeah, by next week we'll find out if she's going door to door and performing all of Renaissance (laughs) for people privately.
3: By the way, I'm sure I've mentioned it on the pod before, but there is a guy who performs the entirety of the Renaissance world tour every night on TikTok, and at this point, I think it's a protest. Like it's just something about it. It's like he's just doing it until she releases. So, yeah, it's it is is excellent. If I find him uh, again, I will share his. I'll share his uh, link. Because I always yeah. forget to, to copy paste it, but it is wonderful. He's getting and quite good too. It is, he's getting so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the vocals are great. It was like, yeah, but he's getting really good.
3: I know. And like when we see him, when we're having a little nightly TikTok scroll, we're like, oh, so what bit is he doing? now? <laughs> oh, he's just started. <laughs> oh, great. We'll watch a bit of this. <laughs> oh, one plus one is up. Great. Okay. We'll watch that yeah well have a wonderful week thank you so much to my wonderful husband billy for joining us and filling in this week it's always a pleasure to have you even though thank you thank you this is this is just for the girls and the gays but you're our honorary pod dad for the week so we appreciate you
1: oh (laughs) i'm very very happy to be here
3: excellent well thanks guys have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time Bye. Bye.
1: bye
2: The shawty that look like a Delta G Every girl in here ten, but there ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left, double G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vines Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind to die. Throw the money to the ceiling, now watch it hit the floor Now rack it up, huh, rack, rack, rack it up King, back it up, huh, back back bag it up king, you stack it up stack 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 it up she so said where you at say I'm marcus down in texas and snake. if i drop a pin, best believe that she on the thought way thought was important but i moved her right about the I'm way, way tonight, I Told the baby I got cheese tonight. Get scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like the teller. I Turbo Tax tax refund. What's another? Bag? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush, and you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. She saying UT your shirt orange like a pumpkin. Mama call me, asked me how college is, and I said bust.